0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Dr. James Loomis has the Washington University pedigree. He's on the clinical faculty of the Department of Internal Medicine at its School of Medicine. He also serves as the current medical director of the Barnard Medical Center in Washington, D.C. And beyond that, he's got practical experience. He's the former team physician for both the St. Louis Rams and the Cardinals. So when Dr. Loomis talks, people pay attention. His appearance in the new Netflix documentary, The Game Changers, has ignited a debate challenging long-held conceptions about what athletes should eat for optimum performance. And he's joined us by phone today to talk about it. Uh, Dr. Loomis, welcome to the program.
1: Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Uh,
0: For those of you listening out there, have you attempted a plant-based diet? What was the impact on your health? You can call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Dr. Loomis, uh, the documentary, The Game Changers, it, it takes on what you call the locker room mythology about meat, protein, and strength. Traditionally, what did we think athletes should be eating?
1: Well, I mean, the the, the attitude of most um, athletes for many years was that you had to eat meat to get protein, and we needed that protein to get big and strong. And again, that meat was the best source, but but that's clearly just not true. And as the documentary, um, I think, does an amazing job pointing out, there are many, many highly successful athletes, both in the strength world, bodybuilders and weightlifters and football players, but also endurance athletes who really thrive and, and on a plant-based diet.
0: It's interesting, this film, they talk about Carl Lewis and Edwin Moses. These were some really high-profile people, but it feels like the diet that they chose almost sort of flew under the radar of the general public. Why do you think none of us noticed that here, these guys are, are vegan?
1: Well, I think for many years veganism has kind of had a stigmata about it that somehow if you if you didn't eat meat, you weren't manly enough, and and many athletes you know hid that uh, from their colleagues and from the public in general. You know, it was very interesting when I was at in new, in L.A. for the red carpet premier of game changers had the opportunity to speak with chris paul the nba basketball player and he told me which is really profound he had just fairly recently gone to a plant-based diet and said that he didn't want to tell anybody hmm. that he had gone plant-based not because they were afraid they would make fun of him which would have been the case even a few years ago but because it he felt like it gave him such a profound performance advantage <laughs> which is so amazing to hear but again i think that that as I think Darren Morgan talks about this in the film, the Tennessee Titans uh, defensive player, that many of his teammates made fun of him when they found out he went plant-based. Until they started to see his performance on the field, and then they started to ask him, so you know, what is it you're doing again? And 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 they came on board as well.
0: Hmm. So what kind of reaction are you seeing from this film? It certainly seems counterintuitive for people who haven't really been paying attention to this issue.
1: Well, it's been it's really been uh, astounding. I think it's it far exceeded uh, you know anyone's expectations the producers and 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 myself included. Um, I'm on a number of I'm a endurance athlete myself and I'm on a number of uh, Facebook Ironman and and uh, marathon groups and just in the last uh, 3 or 4 weeks they have been filled up with people who are asking hey I just saw Game Changers I want to go plant-based. Anyone here doing that? Can I get guidance? Um, you look at search terms for plant-based on on, on Google. Uh, since October, I think 16th, when it went live on Face on Netflix, there's been over a 300 percent increase in people uh, um, searching for the term plant-based on Google. <laughs> Companies are reporting record sales of plant-based foods. It's just really been, and here in the I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting, we get our, I my practice focuses on helping patients uh, transition to a plant-based diet. And we've seen a marked uptick in patients uh, requesting new appointments to come see us to help make that transmission, especially ones with chronic health problems.
0: So if this is such a, an obvious thing that can really help people, why is it that people would then need a professional to help them do it? Is it hard to get uh, the, right kind of pro- uh, the right kind of protein from plants?
1: No, it's not hard at all. But um, well, first of all, many patients uh, that we see. So, so let me, me just to back up for a minute. Um, the, the beautiful thing to me about a plant-based diet is it doesn't really matter if you're interested in leading a healthier life, or performing athletically, or you're concerned about the environment, or you're compassionate about about other creatures. It turns out the answer is all the same, and, that, and that's a plant-based diet. And it, the the impact it has on the treatment, prevention, and even reversal of many chronic diseases like diabetes and, and high blood pressure and cholesterol and heart disease um, is, is, is significant, and, and many patients, even driven by the film uh, Game Changers, um, if they've got a chronic medical condition, um, they need that, their medications need to be de-prescribed, if you will, which mm. does need to, to, to come from a, 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 um, uh, under the guidance of a professional. And I think the other uh, uh, thing that's important to realize is that I, I do make a clear distinction between being on a plant-based diet, a whole food plant-based diet, and, be, and a vegan diet. Um veganism historically has come from an ethical place around being not harming animals and not wearing products tested on animals and not using uh, products made from animals but frankly there's still a lot of very unhealthy foods that are that are vegan you know oil is vegan white flour is vegan sugar is vegan oreos are vegan dr pepper's is vegan <laughs> none of which are good for your health and so, so I, I think having someone guide you through the process to really help be sure that you're getting a well-balanced, whole-food, plant-based diet is, is really important.
0: Okay. I feel like anecdotally, the number one thing you'll hear from people who will just briefly dabble in the vegetarian diet is they feel like they can't get enough energy or can't get a diverse enough uh, menu from just plants. What do you think they're doing wrong?
1: Well, I think, you know, that's, again, a, a clearly a misconception. I and it's very interesting. I, I moved to a plant-based diet in around 2011. I had, I had developed a number of personal health problems, and I thought I was eating healthy. Um, you know, it was mainly whole, whole grains and fresh fruits and lean meat and low-fat dairy and try not to eat too much ice cream and, and you know, too many donuts. And I could kind of out-exercise that. I injured my knee, had to have surgery, didn't do the rehab, put on a bunch of weight and developed a number of chronic diseases. And I and I saw another documentary which I would recommend uh, the listeners uh, to check out if they haven't seen it, it's Forks Over Knives about using food as medicine. Hmm. It was able to reverse many of those um, chronic diseases. And and when I reflect back on my diet before you know i had i had several kinds of meat beef chicken fish maybe a little pork and about six vegetables in rotation you know potatoes and corn and lettuce so it was a fairly limited diet and i was cooked different ways now it's astounding how many new foods you discover and and when you really start to understand the importance, you know, all the different fresh fruits and vegetables, and the, the different kinds of grains, and the, all the different beans and lentils, it's it's really for me opened things up uh, culinary wise because mm-hmm. I enjoy cooking, uh, and 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 really presented me with a whole new world of of food to explore and try.
0: So how do plant-based proteins like beans and lentils compare to the protein in meat? Is, is it comparable or are these just a different form of what we've historically thought of as protein? Well, pr- protein
1: is made up of individual amino acids. And the, in the human body, there's, there's about 13 or so uh, pro- amino acids that we, we can't make. We have to consume from food. So... When we consume protein, that protein is broken up into the individual amino acids and then reabsorbed into our bodies and then reassembled to make the protein that we need. And and I think what people don't realize is where does the protein in the cow that you eat to get protein, where did it come from? Mm -hmm. What came from what the cow ate, right? So what do cows eat? Well, they eat plants. So, so, you know, the, you don't turn on a, a special on mountain gorillas or elephants on National Geographic, and the first thing you worry about is, oh, my God, where do they get their protein? And so it, 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 it's, I think people just don't really understand. We, we've come to equate meat with protein, when in fact, the ultimate source of the protein in any living creature ultimately is the plants down the food chain. Hmm. And so plants have protein, plants have plenty of amino acids, and it is impossible to develop an individual amino acid or protein deficiency on a plant-based diet, as long as you're consuming enough calories.
0: Hmm. Now, on average, do you think people are getting too much, uh, too little, or, or just enough protein?
1: Well, if you look at the, at the um, uh, standard American diet, SAD diet, by the way, which is an ac- is an appropriate acronym, <laughs> Uh when, when you look at, at um, uh, standard Western diet, um, most people are consuming about three to four times more protein than they need. Hmm. And our bodies, um, you know, we can't store protein. We can store fat. We can store carbohydrate. We store carbohydrate in the form of glycogen. We store fat in the form of, you know, fat cells for future energy. But we can't store protein. So once you've reached the capacity um, uh, where, you've, where you've got enough protein, we convert it back to nitrogen and excrete it in our urine. And, and it's also been shown that the overconsumption, especially of animal proteins, um, increases your risk for cancer by about four times normal, about 400%. And there's some unique properties. Uh, there's, some, there's a mix of amino acids that occur more commonly in, in, in animal-based protein, particularly the methylated or sulfated amino acids, which seem to um, um, be more carcinogenic. Also, many of the, the high-protein um, animal-based foods... Like like dairy, for example, has high levels of of um, IGF one insul- insulin growth factor one, which also has been shown to promote tumor growth. So there does seem to be a clear difference between even if you, even if you're over consuming animal based proteins, it doesn't seem to have the same health risk that the over consumption of of uh, uh, plant based proteins do not have, seem to have the same. Uh, health consequences of that of overconsumption of animal-based proteins.
0: So you're talking about um, some of these links between eating these animal products and and some of these diseases. Is the data showing this at this point as a causation, or are we just looking at a a strong correlation here?
1: Well, there's, so, you know, it's really hard to do nutritional, longitudinal nutritional research. One of the criticisms Mm -hmm. uh, is that well, you know, there's no, where's the randomized controlled trial, which is kind of the gold standard of how we do research, mm-hmm. where you take you take a group of people and and, and, minute, and do one thing, and another group, you do another thing, and then you you'd follow them over a long period of time. Well, you can't really do that with nutrition. Um, you know, you can't put someone on a plant-based diet and follow them for 100 years and take another group and, and put them on an animal-based protein and see how they differ. So we have to rely uh, partly on... Uh, population-based study, epidemiologic studies, and and look for these correlations. But when we see the correlations, if they make biologic sense, then I think it's pretty strong evidence that that, that that correlation is part of the causation. Mm-hmm. There's also, there have been intervention studies. Uh, the only research that's ever been shown, for example, to, to truly reverse coronary artery disease is work that was published by Dean Ornish in the, in the um, late 80s, early 90s, uh, Look where it showed that a plant-based diet combined with exercise and mindful meditation was able to reduce uh, blockage. Uh, that's never been shown for any other diet. We've done research here at our organization in Washington, D.C., uh, going head-to-head with a plant-based diet versus a, a standard uh, uh, ADA, American Diabetes Association Diet, and diabetics, and shown that that uh, a plant-based diet uh, is more effective at the treatment and sometimes even reversal of type 2 diabetes uh, than than the standard American diet that we typically talk about.
0: Well, Dr. Loomis, you make a really compelling case that this is the way to go, uh, but what do you see as, as the biggest challenges to getting people to sign on for this? Yeah. Um, it, you know, certainly, it, not everybody is following you on this. There's still a whole lot of people out there eating a lot of meat. Well, I
1: think I think there's a lot of issues. We, if you think about it, even in the medical community, I mean, we have really institutionalized the way of eating um, uh, that that we see today in modern society, which is the you know, I mean, uh, arguably one of the major drivers of this healthcare crisis we have today. We're going to spend about three point six trillion dollars on health care this year, and eighty percent of which is is, is, is felt by the CDC to be uh, spent on preventable diseases and diet drives a lot of that. But we're not taught this stuff in medical school. So you don't have physicians counseling patients about it. You know, the, the, as discussed in the movie game changers, the, the, the marketing, you know, there's no big blueberry that's, that's putting ads on TV and funding research. Um, um, and so, so there's really a lot of barriers around Uh, people really understanding the fundamental importance of this the way we uh, the way we subsidize um, farming and things like that which have have made um, certain foods relatively cheap compared to vegetables Uh, diet u.s dietary guidelines that are heavily influenced by the food industry so what we feed our kids and which is not necessarily healthy. And so we start learning these unhealthy behaviors at at a young age. So there's a lot of issues, you know, we've learned Mm -hmm. bad choices, we're surrounded by cheap, convenient, tasty bad choices, and we're surrounded by a lot of other people who make bad choices.
0: Mm -hmm. So it sounds like it's almost more a systemic problem um, than individual eating
1: choices. Well,
0: Dr. James Loomis, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Oh, my pleasure.
0: And if people are interested in knowing more about the arguments that Dr. Loomis is making and and the argument made by this film, it's called The Game Changers, and it's now streaming on Netflix. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.